and welcome to another episode of Special Features, the only podcast on the internet that does the impossible. It talks about popular culture in a way that I declare to be quite humorous and funny. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos and putting themselves to the test today, it is Cameron James. I'm really, really nervous if I'm going to be honest with you because Mm -hmm. the tasks that I have ahead of me today is one that I have been dreading (laughs) for weeks since I put you to the task with the Scorsese Seven Deadly Sins Challenge. We have put a new challenge to you, Cameron, a rather impromptu one as well. We knew (laughs) that we wanted you to do a Spielberg list because you love that fella. So Mm -hmm. Stevie Spielberg, one of the great filmmakers, one of the great American filmmakers, one of the great great Americans. Americans. (laughs) And that's another list we should do, The Great Americans. <laughs> that should be a whole new podcast. Yeah, The Great Americans by two Aussie guys <laughs> that only know America through popular culture. Every week we're just like, I guess Tom Cruise again. Yeah, he's awesome. Spielberg. Uh, who else is friends with those guys? George Lucas. Um, um, Nicole Kidman. She's Aussie, but she yeah, counts as a great American. She counts as a great American. Um, Jar Jar Binks, I think, technically is American. Or- <laughs> But we want to give you a Spielberg list. We wanted you to compile yeah. a Spielberg list. And, you know, the seven deadly sins suited Marty's Catholicism so much. It spoke to who he mm. was. It was the mm. best way possible to do a list for Scorsese. I We kind of thought Spielberg would be the same thing. Then our brain started ticking and talking away this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Ticking and talking, much like that big clock in the crocodile's mouth in Hook. Okay, see, Cameron's brain is on the right path today. He <laughs> is chugging away at the Spielberg references. But we thought of him as the great American. And what better way to celebrate the works of the great American? And I think he's the top of the list. He is the great American now. Move over, Lincoln. Another Spielberg reference. <laughs> Move over Lincoln would be a great theme song for that movie. It's like a little you know, a little early Beatles era kind of sound, you know? A little rockabilly, if you will. But what better way to celebrate the works of the great American by assigning his top films to the American holidays? Oh my god. And by the way, oh, we don't really know what they all are. We don't. We picked a few of the holidays that we have kind of familiar with. We don't know what they all mean, but we thought, wow, that's funny to do it that way. It just makes sense. It's wholesome. Mm-hmm. There's something about Sir Stephen that is very, uh, like, it's it's holiday vibes. Yes. Even if Even if they're not holiday movies technically, mm-hmm. there is holiday vibes involved because- yes. He's wholesome, he's chill, he's about family, mm-hmm. he's about his great nation, America. Mm-hmm. He is the greatest American. <laughs> he is the greatest American. <laughs> and uh, and it just makes sense. And yes, like you said, Alexi, we don't really know the American holidays. We Googled them. There are some that we don't even know what the hell they are all about. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that are about the military. So we skipped a lot of those ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe like, we haven't. Maybe Christmas is different in America. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's just like you look at, there's like 10 military-based holidays, and you're Mm -hmm. like, I guess fucking Saving Private Ryan for all of those. For Veterans Day. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. know. So we tried to pick, I think, um, 
Well, I mean, you largely did the picking. I just did the approving. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I haven't given a single thought as to what film will go into each holiday yet. So this is going to be, uh, this is going to be really scary for me. It's going to be the scariest podcast of the year. We guarantee it. You're going to get freaked <laughs> out as a listener and not nearly as freaked out as Cameron is as a participant. Mm. But Cameron, I want to hear what is your history with Sir Stevie? Wow. Um, by the way, that's a good podcast. History with Sir Stephen. I mean, I would listen to it. He's the great American. He's already made so many great films about American history. I'm sure he could excel in the podcast firm too. <laughs> what is my history with him? I've just been a big fan my whole life. I guess my first memory of of being aware Alive of who Sir Stephen oh, okay. was um, is actually The Lost World. Oh! <gasps> Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park too. Wow. Jurassic Park Dose. The, the um, Deuce. <laughs> the Deuce. Jurassic Park The Deuce. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for it with my dad and my brother and being like, this looks like the sickest movie of all time. And then finding out that there was a movie before it called whoa. Jurassic Park. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? This thing's already exists. It's out there in the world. And begging my dad to let me see it. And he rented it and watched it first so that he could determine whether I would be scared when I watched it. And he determined that that movie is about 50-odd minutes of just scientists talking. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then some scary shit happens. So he was like, yeah, you can watch it, but you will probably get bored. And awesome. he was wrong. I loved it. I loved all the science shit too. I loved just like Sam Neill in a little fucking ascot oh. running around, got the gams out. God. I love uh, He's got Laura those Dern. great chinos, that chino and blue shirt combo with that little neckerchief ascot. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Honey, has a man ever looked better? <laughs> <laughs> I like BD Wong just like oh, yeah. doing all the exposition. That's mm -hmm. beautiful to me. To this day, I'm still a big fan of that. I love that little DNA guy. Yeah, uh, Mr. DNA. Helix. Yeah, Mr. DNA, which is uh, my nickname for you, actually, because you yeah. leave a lot of DNA all over the place. <laughs> dick you know ass. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing that dick, dick and ass. ass. <laughs> I wear those little short shorts and show my dick and ass everywhere. <laughs> But I'm not just the Mr. DNA of the episode today. We are talking about the great DNA himself. The great Sir American. Steven Spielberg. I reckon we should kick this list off, Cameron, and perhaps aptly so. We're nearing it right now. Uh-oh. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay. So my understanding, this is a holiday about giving thanks. Yes. Being thankful and saying and showing gratitude to your nation, mainly. I think that's <laughs> your mainly neighbors, what... your friends, I think, like <laughs> yeah. that. Thanksgiving. I mean, I only really, if I'm completely honest with you, I really only understand Thanksgiving from the movie Adam's Family Values. Okay. Which has a Thanksgiving play that Pugsley and Wednesday participate in. Okay, so we're locking in Adam's Family Values. Just, yeah, can I, can I put in a Barry Sonnenfeld film for this? <laughs> 
Is that, am I allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, we're locking it in. We're locking it out as well, values. But, you know, I, that's how I think about Thanksgiving too. It's a big spread of food. You've got that turkey. You've got mm. the um, mashed potatoes, sweet yams. potato pie, yams, um, tuna casserole. They have marshmallows on um, savory foods and stuff. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, they do. They absolutely chuck a few marshmallows around with the savories, and I just think that's completely inappropriate and and honestly disgusting. And that's whoa. And that's just gonna, something I feel. You're gonna get cancelled for saying that kind of stuff. Cancel culture. <laughs> um, do you know what? I think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm going to have to go for an Indiana Jones film for this Whoa. one. Because he's the most thankful fella. Well, I think <laughs> that's the thing. He is not that thankful and he is not that gracious. But by the end of this particular film, he grows and he learns to be grateful for his wow. father. <gasps> he learns to he's connect faster. with his family. He learns to be gratitudeful and thankful <laughs> to his Fajal. Uh, mm -hmm. His name is also Henry Jones, Henry Jones Sr. Yes. The film is, of course, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Wow. What a wonderful picture, Cameron. When did you first see this film? Oh, God. I, I, I don't know, but I loved it more. I think it was my favorite one when I was a kid. Mm. I, when I was, I just loved all the Catholic shit like all the like last crusade shit yeah. the king arthur shit so much it's also a really bright movie which mm -hmm. i think when you're a child you're like drawn to the harshest brightest of studio lighting yes you're like oh my god it kind of looks like a sitcom like it's so yeah everyone's front lit back lit lit from the sides it looks like everybody loves raymond <laughs> lit from the sides i love that <laughs> and it's like it's a i love the look of the movie now but it, mm. it is Possibly, it's different looking to the first two. The other two have a darker aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get older, you start to appreciate the darkness a little more because that's what life's all about, getting older and appreciating the darkness. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. I loved it when I was a kid. I still do. It's, uh, it's in my top four Indiana Jones movies. Oh, Maybe I'm... even my top five. God, oh God! I must agree. I reckon, I must <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's not always been my favourites. It's not my favourite Indiana Jones film. But revisiting them all a couple of years ago, I finally, I think it's the most I've ever loved it. And what really, really? got me? Yeah, I think it was always because this is surprising me. It felt a little bit too derivative of the first film. Like it was just kind of like, oh, we did something different with Temple of Doom. Let's go play the hits with the Last Crusades. But then mm. watching it again, that final act is so beautifully written and executed. All the father mm. and son moments around the grail. Uh, I think it is like truly magnificent moments of character development that transcend the whole series. Like I just thought I, I really, really fell in love with it. And I can't believe you didn't like it as a kid. What, which one did you like as a kid? I liked Temple of Doom because it was scary. You're a twisted fellow, though. I'm a freak that, in that regard. I'm a freak. But I like them all. I love them all. They were my favorite films growing up. But it was always the one that I kind of liked the least. But can I tell you this? The other thing I thought about mm. when I was watching it, if we ever get to talk to Mike Myers, I need to ask him about Last Crusade's influence on Goldmember. Why? They're both father movies. They're both third in a trilogy. 
I think there's definitely something going on there because <laughs> isn't sorry isn't like um the third of the original Star Wars movies also technically a father movie because doesn't he find out Luke and Darth Vader are related in the second one end of the second one yes so there's a father so the third there. one is also a father movie they love fathers the third one is always the father which is father, interesting. son holy spirit you got to reverse it somehow I guess <laughs> First, the first Indiana Jones movie is Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Second one <laughs> is Sun. Yeah, Short Round. Short Round is like a, sun a son to him. surrogate son. And Shit. the th- third one is Father. And Damn, we should have done one, that. <laughs> we should have done that. <laughs> It would have been a quicker podcast. We did like <laughs> we did like two seconds. But in like a minute, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next holiday on the list. It is Christmas. I mean, there's such a glaringly obvious one. Um, you know what it is. In fact, you call it your favorite Christmas movie, whoa, I believe. Whoa, whoa. Wow. And it is, of course, <laughs> the terminal. Wow, of course. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. It's your favorite movie. I it's love fa- the terminal. It's your fa- your favorite <laughs> Tom Hanks performance. I love him where he plays that fella, that fella from another land. And what's his name? Um, his name is. <laughs> I've <laughs> got it just having... on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, just say um, it because it's right there on the tip of your tongue. So um, his it. name is um Michael <laughs> uh, Victor Navrosky. Uh, Michael Victor Navrosky. <laughs> yeah, Michael Victor Navrosky. <laughs> and he's from where? Uh, Krakosia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, and he gets stuck in a terminal for a little while. Yeah, at John F. Kennedy <laughs> International Airport because he learns that a coup d'etat has occurred back at home at Krakosia. Are you just reading the Wikipedia page? No, no. As you know, my eyes roll into the back of my head and I can perfectly <laughs> recount any plot. I think I've only seen the terminal maybe once. Once a year, maybe. Every <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Christmas, yeah. I've only every, seen it once a year at Christmas. <laughs> and, of course, I've got a little, um, you know, most families have a nativity scene underneath the Christmas tree. I've just got a little yeah. terminal. <laughs> I've got a little You're terminal. Like- I've got Catherine Zeta-Jones and Tom Hanks talking across the counter, and I like that. <laughs> little few rows of seats, little windows where you can see the planes flying past. Do you think the terminal, first of all, I mean, I have only seen it once as well, yeah. and I think that in my memory of it, it's a funnier film if it's a Mike Myers film. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I don't even and, know if it's and if it's directed funny. by Jay Roach. Absolutely, and if Mike's playing five characters, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're all a... stuck in the terminal. They're all from different countries. They're all. Stuck it's a in the way terminal. better movie. Yeah. Way better movie. Like, is the terminal a comedy? I have actually don't remember if it's like I think it's light. I think it's a comedy of errors, isn't it? Isn't it like a Mr. Bean? Like- <laughs> it's Mr. Bean's vacation. <laughs> Mr. Bean. Oh, Teddy, I can't get back to Krakazawa. He gets stuck stuck on like the walking platform, and he gets stuck on the bar- baggage carousel and stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't seen it in probably since. I saw it at the premiere. Christmas. Yeah, last <laughs> Wait, you went to the premiere of the terminal? Yeah, red carpet. I walked the red carpet. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Who was there in 2004? What celebrities were on there? Ashton Kutcher. Yep. Um, oh, dude. I hate Sean to William break it Scott. To you. I think you got punked. I don't think you were actually at the premiere. <laughs> Oh shit! You oh, got shit. fucking punked. You thought you had this happy memory of going to the premiere of the terminal. Punked. You got punked, dude. Dax Shepard was there. Wow, all the boys. <laughs> DJ Novak. Oh wow! Okay, awesome. The entire cast are punked. Actually, now you think of it. <laughs> now, now that I mention that, um, look, I think the obvious answer is catch me if you can, but I kind of want to. Think outside the box a little bit here. Well, Christmas time, we're opening plenty of boxes. Yeah, okay, that's actually awesome, the way you just said that. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, catch me if you can. <sighs> that's a clear Christmas movie. But who are you but to be a contrarian? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to be contrarian. I'm going to say hook. <gasps> hook. Hook, 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 <laughs> hook. Okay, hook it is. Merry Christmas, because Mr. Hook. Is I don't know if this is true, but is Hook set around Christmas? Um, yeah, well, they go snowy in England? It's snowy, so it might be it's snowy like, in England. Didn't they and go back Tinkerbell's to England in that bauble? Remember, is she in a bauble or something? Uh, I don't know. I know that it's about a successful San Francisco corporate lawyer, Peter Banning, mm. who loves his wife Moira and their children, Jack and Maggie, but his workaholic lifestyle has begun straining his relationship. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because then it becomes about Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, well, it turns out he's Peter Pan. That's the big twist in the movie. It's a twist, man. I did not see it coming. <laughs> did not see that shit coming, man. It's a hectic twist. It's Hector's, <clears throat> dude. He's a he's the Pan. Yeah, he is the Pan. He I is feel the pan. like it's. I think it's potentially set around Christmas time, but even if it's not. It has it's Christmas winter. vibes. It's cold. There's family. There's fireplaces crackling. Mm -hmm. There's also big scenes of people eating large banquets. Some of them are only banquets in their imagination. Tell me about this movie, Hook, Alexi. Are you, are you uh, a detractor yes. or a supporter? I'm a supporter. I love Hook so much. It's one of my favorite Spielberg movies. It is one that I revisit very often mm. because I love the artifice of it. I think when you're yeah. a kid, and I think Spielberg, especially for me, there's a certain artifice to his films, and Hook is like the prime example of it because they are so imaginatory. They are so like uh, surreal when he's creating these new worlds and stuff mm. like that. And he's using practical <laughs> effects to mm. really achieve that. And I think Hook, the artifice is just perfect like that level of artifice because it looks like a set it looks like looks like you disneyland could go visit this disneyland world of like mermaids and rufio and all of these mm. my favorite characters i think uh i just really love hook and i find it quite an emotional movie and i get emotional when people shit on hook too because i think it's nice it's a nice movie yeah people really don't like it they think it's stupid and i think they're stupid but it's also it's like we we are in that exact generational bracket where Hook was a classic VHS that would be VHS on all the staple. time. VHS staple, very Hook special, is what I call those. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but so people older than us, I don't think like it. I don't think it's relevant at all to people younger than us. But to me, Hook is like quintessential Spielberg. So good. It's like I remember when I was a kid, I loved the Peter Pan Disney mm -hmm. cartoon. 
which is is old as fuck, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's from, from like, like the fucking ages away. Yeah, it's from it's, ages away. It's it's like when I watch that, I go, I think about that movie. I go, oh yeah, that black and white movie. And I go, no. Wait a second. Like, hang on a sec. But it's old though. Yeah, it's like how'd they do that? And then I remember, oh, they colored it in yeah, with pencils. It's colored in. They colored they, in later. They color it in later with pencils. <laughs> And it's it's from 1953. Yeah. And then this movie from 1991, in my mind as a child, is the first example of world building and mm-hmm. world expansion wow. that has since been done a lot with things such as the multiverse. Multiverse. <laughs> all that kind of shit. Because this is like sort of a sequel, but not. There's lots of nods to the mm-hmm. original, the Disney original, the book as well. Um, I loved it. I think it was so cool. And I, I still think it's cool. And I love the world of it. And I can easily get sucked into the imagination of it too. Like mm-hmm. just how cool would it be if I could fly? It would, it be, would awesome. be really cool. And I love Dustin Hoffman. I love yep. Bob Hoskins together. Oh, yeah. I yep. think they're so funny. And it's like, it's every time I watch it, I still go, I cannot see Dustin Hoffman in this character. Like, I know. Just, the makeup is Visually, so He looks on. nothing like him. It's crazy. In the way he carries himself, the voice, I just like go, I can't, I've, I've never been able to see Dustin Hoffman in that character. Totally. It's um, He should have won awards for it. Yeah. If Johnny Depp could get nominated for an Oscar for Jack Sparrow. <laughs> okay, and that's a gospel truth. <laughs> Why on earth was Dustin Hoffman not nominated for this? It's such a good performance. Mm-hmm. It's and a great Ho- performance. Hoskins is great. I love it. And I also think it's an underrated performance from Julia Roberts. There's something so heartbreaking about when she's like, oh, I'm in love with you, Peter, kind of thing. I find that really sad. I think you it's one of the- insane? This is like a year after Pretty Woman too. Wow. So it's like she is blown up in the last 12 months. It's like <clears throat> it's like when past- Tinkerbell goes from tiny to huge, she blows up. She went from being just that chick from Mystic Pizza to the most famous and high-paid actor in the world within like a 12-month period. Um and this is just like the collateral of that. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a last-minute addition to the movie. Hey, let's get this really famous lady in it. She's like the most famous person in the world at the moment. Let's get her in it. Crazy. But I love this pick. I love this pick for Christmas. I Can't wait. I think it's Bangarang. I think it's Bangarang. <laughs> I think it's Bangarang, dude. I think it's absolutely Bangarang. All right. Shall we go to our next holiday? Do you think they wanted Bangarang to catch on? Absolutely. I, everyone in my school said Bangarang all the time. <laughs> Yeah, but you, your school was like a bit of a Lost Boys type yeah. vibe, right? You guys <laughs> yeah. all skateboarded and ate everyone skateboarded except for me. Meals. I turned into a big old ball and rolled down. The oh, hills. You, you did the cannonball thing. That's awesome. <laughs> cannonball. That's me. <laughs> and I have a big chunk of cheese with a head shape carved into it. Uh, should oh, we go to okay. another holiday, my friends? Okay. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Let's go to, I'm going to say, New Year's Day. Oh, my God. Or as I like to call it, Nude Year's Day. Because you, you <laughs> come out, you strip those PJs off and you go, honey, it's a new year, it's a new me, and it's a nude me too. Yep, and I open up the balcony. 
Yeah. And I step out onto the balcony and I say, hello, world. Hello, neighbors. This is my penis. And these are my you... testicles. <laughs> and you this introduce your, your penis and your testicles to each other. <laughs> and then what do you do? You crow. You crow. <laughs> crow like Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? New Year's Day. <laughs> New Year's Day. New Year's Day. <laughs> New Year's Day. Yeah, famous American uh, holiday. <laughs> shit, dude. Um, what have I covered so far? I've covered <laughs> Hook and the Last Crusades. <laughs> it is crazy that of the of the Spielberg movies, I've currently picked the third sequel in a franchise, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, and a, and a Peter Pan quasi-sequel. I haven't mm-hmm. gone for any original content yet. Are you going to go for something new for New Year's Day? Let me have a look through the list. I'm looking through the the filmography right now to see if anything jumps out at me. as. And being, that's what we call it, by the way, the filmography. The great American filmography. <laughs> <laughs> How mad at me would you be if I picked... Ready Player One or War Horse or something. I think it's a great pick. What is more new than Ready Player One? It's about the tech future. It's so new. It's from 2018. It's It's so new. new. It's the new world. Man, when I saw Ready Player One in the cinema, there was a guy sitting in front of me and he was quiet the whole movie. And then at the Mm. end, uh, a Gundam from the anime series, like Gundam came out and he stood up Mm. and screamed, Hell yeah, Gundam! Hell yeah, Gundam. Yeah. Oh God. It was awesome. That is awesome. Okay. This might be a little too obvious, <gasps> but I need to pick, I need to get this in there somewhere. Okay. It's, okay. it's like, it would be insane if this didn't get picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to make a tenuous connection here. And the connection that I'm going to make is New Year is about resolutions it's about being better it's about Mm -hmm. learning how to be a better person it's about new connections it's about hope and that is summed up for me by a little gray green fellow who came from another planet and inspired hope new connections and resolution in a family (gasps) of three children and one divorced mum and of course i'm talking about the terminal, which is <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about ET, the extraterrestrial. Yeah, my favorite character, <clears throat> Shrek. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I love Shrek. ET. I love ET. I think it's a nice pick for New Year's Day. It just feels a. L- There's something about it that feels New Year's Day. To mm. me. I can't. Well, it's interesting because it's set on Halloween. You know, that's what I find mm. interesting. It is, and it's also an Easter parable. Yeah, uh, of course. He is Jesus. He's reincarnated during the movie. He can bring life yeah. to things. Yeah. So it is an odd choice, but it feels New Year's mm. Day to me. It feels mm. hopeful. Like I'm looking forward to a brighter tomorrow. Wow. That's beautiful. And I, I can also say that um, New Year's Day is in between Easter and Halloween. So it's a, or the other way around, Halloween and then Easter. So it's a perfect pick. Perfect pick. Wow. And what do you what are your thoughts on this movie? 
I mean, I adore E.T. I simply adore E.T. It's one of my, it might be my favorite Spielberg movie when I really do Mm. think about it because I love that Henry Thomas performance. It's one of the great child star performances, but E.T. is magic to me. I still remember going to the video store. E.T. is magic to me. He's a magic to me. And when I, I still remember finding that VHS cover for the first time and watching the movie and not really being a little bit too young and not really knowing. Like, I thought E.T. was a monkey. I didn't know that he was a fake belief. Mm. I didn't mm. know he was a constructive puppet. I was like, You thought oh, it was like Dunstan checks in. Or it's something. a kind of monkey that I didn't know about before. A new breed of monkey. I was like, wow. So there's some really crazy creatures out there in the world. And this is a monkey. <clears throat> yeah. Because that's all I knew. I knew monkeys. I didn't know about aliens yet. <clears throat> he was the first alien. By the end of the movie, I figured out he was an alien from another world. By you the thought end. that he was just trying to get back to the zoo or something. <laughs> I thought he escaped from the zoo. Like, when are they going to get this guy back to They caught San all the Diego other monkeys. Why are well, they still trying to get this one monkey and find out what's so monkey magic about this guy? Well, do you love E.T.? Tell me about your love for E.T. you got to love E.T., it's crazy not to love ET. Mm-hmm. It's um so beautiful to me. It's it's everything I want in a Spielberg movie. It's mm-hmm. the suburbs. It's family. There's a mm-hmm. darkness underneath all of wow, it. There's is. genuine scary moments. Scary. You can see the DNA that it like Mr. DNA. Yeah. That it Mr. used DNA to be. It used to be a horror script, and then it was like, you know, Spielberged up. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be, I mean, it was his horror script, but then he pussied out and was like, actually, maybe I'll make it funny instead. I'll do Poltergeist. I'll do Poltergeist <laughs> yeah, as the other thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll make this one nice. <laughs> I didn't mean to be scary. <clears throat> sorry about that, guys. But he does, like, there's still elements of scary stuff in it. I love this era of, like, family entertainment where children swear and where divorce is, like, not only legal. a reality, but it's legal. I- inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every child's movie from this era is reckoning with divorce, the divorce not, of the directors. And not just any divorce. They're all reckoning with Steven Spielberg's divorce of his parents and then his every wife. Single, every single 1980s family film is about Steven Spielberg's parents' divorce. <laughs> every single one. Goonies is about that. Mm-hmm. It's all about that. <laughs> Love E.T. as a creature. I think it's such a fun design. Yeah, he's such a good monkey. I love Drew Barrymore, little little baby Drew. And I love Henry Thomas, who I've recently been, like, watching every single night in all these fucking um, mm. Mike Flanagan shows. Yeah, great in Fall of the House of Usher. Fantastic in uh, Haunting on Hill Haunting House. Haunting of Hill House, which Amazing. I'm watching in the moment. I haven't finished it yet, but... It's so cool. He's so great in it. It's nice to go, wow, mm. look at that. Yeah. Like 30 years later, this guy's giving great performances again. It's so and cool. he's the coolest guy in Hollywood. He is the coolest <laughs> guy in Hollywood. He's fantastic. So that's E.T. and it's our recommendation for you to kick off your new year. New year, new me, nude you, nude E.T. It's very much about a nude E.T. It is the most naked of his movies because E.T. is naked the whole time. Until he puts that yeah. sheet on. He puts that sheet, that sheet on and then does drag. That's the two times AT's <laughs> not naked. This is the first drag movie. I, it's one of the first drag movies, yeah. It's, it's, probably, it's probably, you know, 
That and then Connie and Carla starring Nia Vardalos and Tony Collette. Those are the two first drag movies. Yeah, okay. Let's move on to another holiday. I'm going to go for a summer holiday that I don't know too much about, except it's the the cracker firework season, 4th of July. Oh, wow. Independence Day. Can I pick Independence Day by Roland Emmerich? Um, yeah, sure. Independence Day it is. <laughs> Welcome Surely to Earth. This Seamus movie probably produced that. <laughs> look it up. I bet he I bet he has a hand in it somewhere. Absolutely. Okay, let me look up Independence Day. Nineteen ninety six. Day. Now quickly scroll through the credits. <laughs> okay, I'm watching it. Sorry. This is the first time I'm watching this movie. It's pretty interesting. I'm waiting for that executive producer credit to pop up. No, All right, I don't here we think go. He, I don't think he did. I don't think he has any involvement. What the hell? How dare they make a movie about American Holiday without Steven Spielberg being attached? I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Oh, God. In the, I mean, the 4th of July. I, again, I don't know much about it beyond that movie where Will Smith punches an alien. Yeah. Um, Independence I mean- Day, known colloquially as the 4th of July, is a federal holiday in the United States de- commemorating the Declaration of Independence. So what's has he ever made an independent movie? Maybe that's, he even made oh, hey, he made Firelight. five indies. He made five yeah. indies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've already picked one indie, though, so I can't pick another one. But do I need to, if, if this is about declaring your independence mm-hmm. and saying, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, world. I'm an independent person and I and have I'm, my own thoughts. And I'm my commemorating own it right now. I'm going to commemorate it. Maybe, just maybe, a pick that I need to make. Oh, God. It's a stretch. I don't know if I can. Stretch, babe. Stretch. I don't, stretch, I don't know if stretch. I can stretch this far. It's such a big stretch. Stretch. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, maybe, I mean, I've got two choices that I'm bouncing Mm -hmm. between right now. The most independent. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with this one. Wow. He's stretching. Because this is, because this is a man making a bold statement to the world and saying, I am my own person. I have my own views. I have my own point of view as a director and I demand to be taken seriously as an independent entity, not just as a director for hire, not just as a guy that works on people's television shows, (gasps) not just as a man that works for um, the big studio. I am my own studio. My name is Steven Spielberg and it's 1975 and this film is called Jaws. Wow. Oh, my God. This is a perfect pick. This is a perfect pick. I think because 4th of July, that's a summer holiday. Hello. Mm, mm. The summer starts with Jaws. That's a good tagline. That's it. The summer starts with Jaws. The summer of George? No. The summer, summer of, of Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> I, I love Jaws. And every time I watch it. Which eight, is what? Every few weeks? Every 4th of July. Every 4th of July. I've, I put it on yeah. every 4th of July from henceforth. It's, uh, it surprises me how the tension still remains. Like even though I've seen it so many times, it's still freaky deaky. It is freaky dicky. And I just like love the aesthetic of it so mm, much. Yes. I wish I whenever I watch Jaws, I think 
First of all, I've got to get to Martha's Vineyard. Oh. I simply must holiday there. Mm-hmm. I, we got to go to Amity Island one day. And then I think, you know what? There is a reality out there where I'm a guy that wears little woolen beanies and mm-hmm. cable knit sweaters and and has gumboots on at all time and like lives on a dock. Yeah. I'd love that. I'd love to live like that someday. Just be a fisherman chic. Oh, absolutely. My favorite uh, character in Jaws is the mayor. I love the mayor. You love his suits. I love the suits. He's got this suit with these little anchors all over it. <clears throat> and I yep. just think that's one of the boldest, dare I say, cuntiest fashion looks anyone's <laughs> ever had in a film. He is, he's just, the guy is a PIMP. that's so funny that in this like incredibly uh like fisherman core Mm -hmm. film the one character that you still are drawn to is the guy that wears like the little pinstripe suits and i like it i love his outfits and then i also love you can't shake who you are can you you couldn't you couldn't assimilate into this world unless you were the mayor. Yeah, I'm like, well, I guess he's a city guy. I, like, I could get the city guy there. But also, just like I love that suit, man. That's my favorite outfit. I would love to get one made for me one day, made to measure. But I love also the freaking uh, Roy Scheider, his little shorts. They're great shorts. <clears throat> yeah, Roy Scheider is one of the um, unsung beauties of um, yeah. American cinema. It's a great movie star. Underappreciated movie star. movie star. Totally underappreciated movie star. He had, he. it's just that 70s masculinity mm-hmm. where he's like impossibly tanned. Yes. He's it's, basted. It's disgusting how tanned this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be allowed. This guy's no, fucking tanned. But, and he's like rough around the edges and he's mm-hmm. got just a fucking sharp a sharp chin yeah and he's got that great voice i love the depth of his voice it's mm-hmm. ooh, it's great man i saw this great movie the other day uh it's <clears throat> called and i think i recommended it to you uh sheila levine is dead and living in new york and he plays uh-huh. like this doctor suitor for the lead character sheila levine and just the way that he enters you're like this is one of the great movie stars and People need to get back to him. People need to go, like, this is one of the movie stars. I think he's unsung. He is unsung. Yeah, I watched, uh, like, 10, 10 Roy Scheider flicks in a row at the end of last year because I think I'd seen all that jazz for the first time and mm-hmm. I was just like, whoa, I got to get more of this guy's freaking yeah. head in my life. I exactly. love this guy's big old head, big old 70s head. And yeah. I love that 70s head. I love <laughs> Oh my lord, good lord. I believe I'm that's an entendre. <laughs> it's a single entendre. <laughs> Nothing double about it. Uh, any final thoughts on Jaws? Any reminisces? It's cool. Beautiful. We're moving on to our next holiday. We're going to President's Day. Oh, whoa. Whoa. President's yeah, Day. Bad. The day that celebrates the presidents of the United States of America. My favorite band. Fantastic band. She's lump. She's lump. She's lump. <laughs> She's in my 70s head. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. 
Well, we could pick James and the Giant Peach. Uh, I don't want to. Oh, <laughs> fuck me, dead shit. Uh, President's Day. I mean, he made a movie about a president, but Whoa. if I can be completely honest with you, I haven't seen Lincoln. Oh, God, Cameron, you haven't seen Lincoln? Have you seen no. Lincoln Lawyer? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Okay, it's a different guy, but <laughs> they're probably friends. Okay. Okay, but Lincoln's a good pick. I don't want to would... pick that. Why would I pick that? It sounds I haven't even seen it, and it uh, looks boring as hell to me. I think it sounds interesting. It's about one of the great Americans, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg? <laughs> yeah. Um, I- I'll be honest with you. There's quite a few on the list I think that I haven't seen. Okay, like this, made- yes. You, you're saying Terminal like six times. What have you? What are your big blind spots? Because he's your guy. He is my guy. He's made 35 movies. Mm-hmm. I've seen 22 of them. So that's Whoa, a lot. That's a lot of movies. But there's also quite a few there that I haven't seen. And if I'm completely honest, I mean, you know how Spielberg, he like, he'll do one popcorn flick, one mm-hmm. serious flick. Yes. If I'm completely honest, the second one, the serious one, that's the one that I usually haven't seen. Wow. So for every- uh, Tin Tin, there's a war horse. Exactly. And I've seen the Tin Tins, haven't seen the war horses a lot of the time. And that means there's a couple of really big ones that are important movies that Mm -hmm. I have not seen. I have not seen The Color Purple. Yes. Have you seen The Post? Seen the post? I saw okay. that with you. Remember oh yeah, it has the um, um, Bob and David reunion. In oh, the that's of it. true. Yeah, that's his most important movie, The Post. <laughs> yeah, the post production. Mm. Uh, I haven't seen Schindler's List. Whoa! Oh yeah. my god, you have to see. I think it's his best movie. I mean, I'm sure it is. And, it's and you know what? Incredible. When I watched the Spielberg documentary the other day, which is called Spielberg: The Great American. Yes, um, of course, and it was made by us. I actually cried during the sequence about Schindler's List, and I haven't seen the movie. It is one of, I think it's his, it's his great work. I think it's his crowning achievement because I rewatched it a couple of years ago, and I think what it does best and why that film connects so powerfully and so deeply is it is about like one of the great atrocities, but- mm. It is at its heart still a work from Steven Spielberg. So it is, it's never boring. Like, I think that's what really is powerful about that. Cause a lot of these like historical films and stuff, they can feel like homework. And maybe that's why mm. so many people don't go to them, don't go to watch them in retrospect. Uh, but with Schindler's List, I think why it connects so deeply because it's made by like the great American filmmaker that is so good at connecting a uh, <clears throat> theme to people, to yep. spectacle, to everything. So it's like, it's the most powerful movie made by a great blockbuster filmmaker who <clears throat> accesses every skill he's ever attained on his journey to become that person, to make something that is truly powerful moving art that I think is, I, I have to say it's, my favorite Spielberg movie. Like, I think it is, it's magnificent. I don't watch it as much as AT, but it is just beautiful. And it's got a great score, great score. I know I should see it. And like I said, I got emotional even just watching him talk about it Mm. in the documentary. But I've just, it's always seemed 
too heavy for me mm. and it's daunting maybe it's just, daunting it's daunting maybe i just need to dive in and watch it you know because i i also feel the same way about some of these other important movies mm. quote unquote armistad munich color purple that kind of stuff there's mm. a few there that are just sitting on the list and i've never made my way to them Something's always held me back from them, mm. and I, but there's some there's some that I don't think I'll ever watch. I can't imagine a world where I ever watch Warhorse, for example. Yeah, Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's gonna watch Warhorse, man? <laughs> yeah, Spielberg didn't even watch it. <laughs> but I would say the ones that like that you mentioned, Munich and Color Purple and Schindler's List, you will see the filmmaker that you love making things with so much care and so much passion to the same degree that he makes the films that you love, but in something that's like almost more soul bearing or something mm. like it's just <clears throat> they're spectacular. They're spectacular, those movies. I mean, yeah, because it's not like I've it's not like I avoided all the serious ones. Like mm. I, I like the post quite a lot. The Fablemans is oh, a favorite, and I'm wow. sure I'll talk about that soon. But, um, but yeah, okay. So the point President's being, Day. President's Day. I can't pick Lincoln because I haven't seen it, but I do need to pick something that feels presidential. And so I have chosen a film that reflects the war of our generation, the war of our lifetime, the Whoa. war on terror. <gasps> this is a, a presidential war, oh a war God. started by George a, George W. Bush. Yeah, and, um, well, and George H.W. Collab. A hot collab between the father and son team, <laughs> the Bush boys. Yeah, not as unlike the uncle and nephew pairing of LMFAO. Exactly. Not unlike that. Not unlike Red Foo and the other guy. Red <laughs> Foo Red Foo and Nephew. <laughs> Red Foo and Nephew. Red Foo and Nephew. <laughs> 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 the film that I've decided for President's Day is War of the Worlds. Great pick. Great pick. And I love the George Bush of it all. I love it. You know, it's like possibly one of the forgotten Spielberg films in many ways. <sighs> yeah. It's mid-career. I mean, is it just after mid-career? Like, he's had such a long run. Yeah, no. It's what hard is to it? even say what mid-career is. It's 2005. It's hard to even go, yeah, he's in late period now. I don't know. I don't, he could <laughs> yeah. make movies for another 40 more years like Clint yeah. Eastwood. Who knows? But, like, it's definitely in that glut of the films from the early 2000s that have been ignored or brushed aside, mm -hmm. War of the Worlds. It's also a remake. It's also in that era of Tom Cruise where we were not that excited about him as a film star anymore, mm -hmm. um, before the resurgence in the Mission Impossible films. But I watched it recently and I just think it fucking rips. It's yeah. a beautiful looking movie. It looks the action is so kinetic and insane. It's a fantastic Tom Cruise performance too. Like playing people would say against type, but mm -hmm. it's not against type. If you're a true Cruise fan, you know yeah. that he actually made his bones playing cunts. <laughs> for, <laughs> for the longest time, he was mainly the guy that played an asshole. Yeah. And um, now in the last, like, 15 years, he's just been known as the guy that plays the good guy. Yeah. But this is, like, Cruz playing to his strengths, in my opinion. He's, like, a selfish, 
asshole dude who mm. can't really connect with the people around him but is forced to be heroic. Um, it's so good. I love War of the Worlds. And it's horrifying, this movie. I, it's one of the scariest movies for me. It just terrifies me. What's scary about it to you? Tim Robbins? Tim Robbins is actually quite freaky in it. The <laughs> aliens are scary. When they splurt that blood out and it becomes like these yeah. like tendons <clears throat> everywhere. But mm. I think that there's this reality that Spielberg and Cruz find that's just steeped in terror. And I just, I just find it so scary, this movie. It's the one, when I have nightmares, I think they take, they're like directed the way this movie is. Hmm, interesting. Like, it's like, I'm in a car. I don't know how to drive. I got to drive away from something and I'm looking out the windows and stuff. Like, that's kind of like where, like, that's where my nightmares feel like. Wow. That's probably the weirdest, realest shit I've ever said on a podcast. <laughs> that is really, really real. <laughs> it's really real and very weird. But yeah, my nightmares are like War of the World. It's beautiful, Pick Cam, and I'm glad that you brought attention to this little indie flick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stick with the theme of terror and horror mm. and go to the spookiest holiday of them oh all, the nightmare before Christmas itself it's Halloween. Oh, my God. Halloween. All Hallows Eve. You know, the spookiest movie in the uh, Spielberg canon, that's going to be an interesting one to look at because, I mean, Jaws, technically a horror movie. It's mm -hmm. the first, his breakout hit. But he doesn't really do, quote, unquote, horror again. Mm. He produces Poltergeist yeah, and allegedly very rude. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be rude. He is a creative force mm -hmm. behind Poltergeist. Yes, exactly. Toby I'll Hooper is Toby the sanctioned Hooper. director, and we we're Toby Truthers. I'm a Toby Truther, big time. I, I love Poltergeist. Me too. One and of it, my favorites. It, ha it has a lot of Spielbergian touches to it, but it's mm. not a Steven Spielberg movie. No, Let's no, not. No. Let's not further that. Um, Temple of Doom has <gasps> quite a bit of horror Scary. to it. I almost feel like that's going to be my pick. Um, mm. Obviously, he dabbles with horror with the Jurassic Park franchise and um, the special effects on the BFG. <laughs> They're quite scary. <laughs> the BFG is a great Halloween costume as well. Mark Rylance, <laughs> my enemy. <laughs> I think I'm going to... Is it crazy to have two Indiana Jones movies in one? No, he made a frickload of them, dudes. What are you All gonna... right. <clears throat> We're going to have to go Temple of Doom then. It's pretty fucking scary. It's so scary, this movie, Temple of Doom. It's your favorite one. Oh, I don't know if it is now because I, I just love Raiders so much. And, of course, I love that dial-up destiny. I, uh, I That was I, your favorite one when you were a kid. <laughs> when I was a young fella, I love dial-up destiny because yeah. it's, it's like, oh, awesome. He goes to Greece. That's why I love it. Yeah, he does he go to, to Greece. Greece at the end? Is that where he goes? Yeah, he goes to Greece. And he says, whoa, it's Greece lightning. <laughs> nice to meet you, Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he goes to Greece. Yeah, he goes to Greece, mate. He fucks around in Greece, does some cool Greek shit. He's a couple of Euros, a couple of Dalmatis, comes back, makes up with his wife. But Temple of Doom is genuinely so scary to me. Kalima. 
when he fucking yeah the kalima of it all it scares me so much as a kid i was like i hope that never happens to me i used to watch it and you know how people people often point to the like feast scene where Mm. there's the snake surprise and all that shit as Mm. like a Good Thanksgiving movie too. For them? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I actually, if I can be completely honest, when I watched that movie as a kid, I never thought, wow, that's gross, that's gross. I always thought, I wish I was on that set. Yeah. Like, it looks so cool, all the, like, practical effects of the mm. eyeballs and the soup and that big snake and oh, the yeah. bugs. Like, I always used to watch it and think, God, I wish I was, um, like, an actor in this I movie. wish I was Kate Capshaw. <laughs> I wish I was Kate Capshaw. I got to marry Steven Spielberg <laughs> and get to fuck around with this set. This is awesome. I also think the chilled monkey brains, that looks <clears throat> delicious. It looks yum. It looks so yum. It looks like a raspberry custard or something. It looks so yum. I'm craving it right now. <laughs> I think what about that as a business for us? We leave podcasting behind and yep. we serve chilled monkey brains and we have very realistic monkey heads. Don't yep. ask how we got them or how we created them. We got realistic monkey heads. Maybe there's a coconut for the skull and you pop yep. it open and then you've mm-hmm. got like a raspberry custard or sorbetto in there or something like okay. that. This is a, a great semifredo idea. or something. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, mm, yum, chilled monkey brains and you eat it. And it's like a food truck. It's a food truck that serves chilled monkey brains and snakes. But the snakes are just like Alan's lollies. Like yeah, jelly like snakes. just like a little jelly snake. But yeah. but the chilled monkey brains is super realistic. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly graphic and yeah. realistic. The monkey even speaks to you sometimes if yeah. you hang on to the cup long enough. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's a food truck and we drive around the country. Yeah. S- selling chilled monkey the brains. The whole country. Uh, let's move on to our next pick. All right, Cameron, we're down to the mm. final two holidays and they are linked holidays and they probably about the two most important people in Spielberg's life. Oh, we're my gonna God. Kick it off the final stretch with Father's Day. Oh, my God. Father's Day, the mm-hmm. absent father in Spielberg's life, the scientist, the computer genius. Oh, my gosh. The uh, the man who wanted to provide for his family, but in doing so had to be absent for most of it, working wow, wow, wow. at IBM or wherever the fuck you yeah, were. Stuck um, in a terminal somewhere, computer yeah. terminal, that is. Indeed. I'm not going to pick the terminal. <laughs> it's floating <laughs> around. It's floating around. But I am going to pick the most obvious choice because I think the reason – this movie exists all points back to his dad, and that is, of course, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, wow. which is about a man so singularly obsessed in his mm-hmm. pursuit of technology, truth, and the, the future in oh. the American way <laughs> that he abandons his family at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. Wow. And and I also think it's the it it's an angrier movie than we think it is for that reason. It's actually quite a soulful, beautiful movie, but mm. that particular choice at the end for uh, Dreyfus to fucking step on board the ship and be like, peace out, I'm going back to the zoo with these monkeys um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is like anger, anger mm. on behalf of Stephen that he felt somewhat abandoned by his father. Mm. Wow, this is a glorious pick, man. 
I always think about, I can't think about Close Encounters now without thinking about it in the terms that you put. The way that James Lipton puts it to Spielberg in his Inside the Actor Studio goes, of course, your father worked for IBM, a computer man, and your mother, she was a musician. And how do the humans communicate with the aliens? Oh my god! And I'm you just see Spielberg up. stuck like the glass in his eye starts glinting, and he's like, "They com- collaborate between music and science and technology." Yeah, it's actually, I think, one of the most amazing interview moments ever caught on film. Absolutely, it's so good because it's we are seeing Spielberg realize for the first time that he. <laughs> actually oh, made a movie about his parents and he doesn't <laughs> oh doesn't even know you know like oh. it's insane i cry every time i watch it because i he's, cried just thinking about it dead like i'm God. tearing up thinking about it right now it's insane that he he just <sighs> had that in his subconscious and didn't even really put the two things together it's so beautiful oh wow um, but i've also heard him say that he regrets having the father character leave at the end now mm. that's something that he would Undo, and I think he should undo it. I think he should. No, he did, didn't <laughs> I, he? I think he did like a cut a few years later where he cut where he you or you see him on the ship or something like that. Like there's some, or he tried to change it. I don't know. Really, I know that he added, he edited the guns out of ET. Mm, I think I he did a cut of Close Encounters where you see him on the ship, like playing with the aliens and stuff. And I think he, <laughs> but I think he even said that he wanted to make one where he doesn't get on the ship. He should he should just shoot a post credit sequence. Where he comes back. Where he comes back <laughs> like a week later or something. And goes, like, that was a really fun trip, but I'm happy to be home. Uh, you know what? On that trip, it made me realize that my family's more important. I love you guys more than I love those little aliens. And also another great Thanksgiving movie, that big old mashed potato scene. <laughs> yeah, true. The yams. <laughs> the big old yam. <laughs> Devil's <laughs> Mountain. Great pick, Cameron. Great pick. I'm emotional thinking about Close Encounters of Third Kind, but we have one more Close Encounter. Uh-huh. We are going into Mother's Day, the other key mm. principal actor <clears throat> in Spielberg's mind. He's dear old mummy. I mean, of course, it's going to be the Fablemans. <gasps> wow. The of Fablemans. course it is. I and love you, the Fablemans. I love the Fablemans so much. Mm-hmm. I said this to you at the time. I think I may have said it on the record here, but I'll say it again. I was watching the Fablemans in cinema and I was thinking out loud to myself, I feel so lucky and so privileged to get to see this. Mm-hmm. I feel honoured that after a career of like 40-odd fucking years, Spielberg is finally making the subtext text and mm. showing us his childhood in in such a beautiful way. I felt, like, proud. <laughs> I wow. was like, go, Steven. Like, you I did was, it, Stevie. I was happy for him and I was emotional. And, it, and it, uh, if people have slept on this movie or have avoided mm. watching it for the same reason that I've avoided some of the serious ones, Watch this movie. It explains his entire psyche. It sort of makes you reappreciate the popcorn films more. You'll never watch them the same way again because you'll sort of see that he is an artist. He's not just a, like, blockbuster filmmaker. He's a guy that has put his personal life into everything. Mm. 
And I think Spielberg's populism is one of his great strengths. And like it translates through all his work. His populism just really translates mm. through everything. And I don't think this is an exception, but what it is, it's so revealing. One of the best moments in film in the last 10 years is where you're seeing his parents fight, Paul Dano, Michelle Williams, they're having mm. a fight. And you catch a glimpse in the mirror of an imagined surrealistic moment where you're seeing Sammy Fableman, the Spielberg stand-in, with his mm. camera cranking one out, cranking that camera, watching his parents fight and filming it. And it's not in it's not the reality of the movie. It's not actually happening, but you just see it in the mirror. And it's like, holy shit, that's such a real moment. And the other real moment where he also and like speaks to his the way that he films his leading men and stuff and like how he kind of worships mm. them and how he can translate those things. It's like the building of his populism where he's high school bully. He films him like he's in love with him. Like this is the most beautiful man ever. And I'm like, this guy and Harrison Ford, he is in love with Harrison Ford. He's yeah, in love you with see him. it. You see it as a queer text. I actually think Fableman's is a queer, <clears throat> queer movie. Truly. I, I think c- it's- I can't not read it that way. I think you're you're allowed to read it that way. That's totally acceptable for you to read it that way in 2022. But I don't think Steven Spielberg would be would read it that way himself. I think he'd say, it, I think he'd he views himself as an other. Mm. That's what the movie's about. It's about like the othering that this Jewish family feel in like yeah. um, Arizona where they live. You know, a very all American place. Um, and I think that he positions himself as the other mm. in a way that he's in charge of in many ways, like with by being bullied by this guy and then having the power and agency of being able to film him instead of humiliating the guy, which he could have done with some of the footage that he gets. He yeah. instead says, well, I'll take power back mm. by making him look incredible and as a result making myself look incredible and i think that's that's how spielberg would view the scene um but the rest of us in 2022 who have just spent the last 20 odd years watching queer films and and like we can't help but view that as oh okay he's like in love with this guy he's in love with and that's okay that's okay too it's okay too and I, i i also would say since this is the mother's day I think that mm. that Michelle Williams' performance it is really something. She goes for it, and I think <clears> it's like a it's a performance that feels out of this world, but has really grown on me. It's really grown on me. It's a wild performance, but watch the documentary and mm. see actual footage of his mother, and she is this lady. Yeah, Michelle Williams becomes his mother i actually heard a great interview with him where he said that his sisters were creative consultants on Mm. the film and they helped pick the wardrobe that michelle williams wears and stuff like that uh you know he really wanted their involvement and their approval because it's about their family and their childhood and uh he said that one day on set you know he'd spent all this time writing the film and pre-production he'd he, he felt emotionally divorced from the movie when he was about to begin filming and he thought, all right, I've been through all the emotional part. Now my job is just to direct, to film these actors and to get good performances. Mm. And then Michelle Williams came onto set first day, 
dressed in the clothes his mother wore, same haircut as his mother, and his sisters had given her the same perfume that <gasps> she wore. Oh, my God. And it sparked this intense nostalgia within Stephen, and he started crying first day on set, couldn't control it because he just didn't understand where this sixth sense of feeling his mother's presence had come from. Why do I feel like she's in the room right now? And his sisters eventually said, yeah, Michelle's wearing the same perfume that our mum used to wear. And Spielberg was like, it was the perfect thing because it just emotionally re-engaged me with the movie. All of a sudden, wow. I wasn't directing an actor. I was directing my parents again. It was, yeah, it's quite beautiful. It's a my really beautiful God. movie. I got chills. It's crazy. I just love it. I could watch it again and again and again. I, yeah. I probably will. Fablements, it's a great movie. And it's, <clears throat> I think, underappreciated. Like, I remember, like, okay, this time last year, or earlier this year, we put money on the Oscars. We made a bet on the Oscars because mm. I was feeling that pull to the Fablements. I was like, yeah. the, it could be the outside track in because I get connected with me so much and I could see it really connecting with filmmakers and people that vote on the Academy. And I, you know, I didn't pick it out of nowhere. And I think it is because of these things they were talking about. It's, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's a wonderful movie. People should see it. Obviously, the guys made great movies, but I think Fablemans is uh, definitely the must-see movie of the last few years where you're just like, whoa, it answers a lot of questions I didn't even know I had. Totally, and it makes you appreciate his most, yeah, populist choices throughout the years (coughs) Mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. I'm glad we've gone through the filmography. I'm glad we've assigned them to some holidays. There's obviously a lot of picks that didn't get mentioned, which feel insane in hindsight. Mm-hmm. I can't what, believe I, I picked the terminal you? four times. Well, yeah, what stings you that didn't make the list, mate? <laughs> um, Jurassic Park didn't get a mention. Isn't that insane? Yeah, Jurassic Park did not get on the lists. What else didn't get a mention? Um, Saving Private Ryan didn't get a mention, which is a big one. It's not even one of my favourites, but it's a mm. big one. It's one I have not seen for a very long time either. And... I I was surprised by how much I liked his uh, remake of West Side Story. Yeah, um, it's a great Because I love the original and uh, I put on his version almost out of curiosity just to have on in the background and I ended up, you know, being entranced by it. Mm. I loved it. The only thing wrong with it is the lead actor. But um, yeah, Anthony smell gosh. What's his name? It should have, yeah, it should have been Michael Sarah. <laughs> he would have crushed it. He would have crushed it. <laughs> yeah, I just I love him. There's so many on the list that I, I have blind spots that mm-hmm. I need to watch as well. And I think you finally said the exact combination of words that are going to make me watch Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> the combination of words, if you don't watch it, I'm going to bash you up. Yeah, that was scary <laughs> when you said that. Yeah, but it's beautiful. Beautiful movie. Beautiful list. Christmas is Hook, Halloween is Temple Mm. of Doom, 4th of July is Jaws, Thanksgiving, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade, President's Day, War of the Worlds, George W. Bush edition, (laughs) New Year's Day, (laughs) E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Mother's Day, Fablemans, and Father's Day, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. James Lipton couldn't do it better himself. (laughs) 
Wow, what a joy. That was scary. I'm glad we did it, though. You did a beautiful job, Cameron, and may the holidays greet you nicely this year and every year from henceforth with these Sir Stephen picks. Cameron, what have you got happening in the meantime? You're doing a little bit of touring before the end of the year, right, with your stand-up comedy stylings? I am indeed. Um, Can I plug, if you're in Brisbane and you're keen to come along and see me do stand-up, I'm doing... I'm doing the 14th of December. Let me just double check that date. 14th of December. Mighty close to hook season. Very close to hook season. Yeah, I'm doing the 14th of December at Good Chat Comedy Club in Brisbane, a split bill with Damien Power. We're doing half an hour each of our new stuff for next year's show. Uh, So if you are in Brisbane and you want to get like a sneak peek, at, at the stuff that I'm doing for next year's tour. Come along on the 14th. Me and Damo will have a fun time. It'll be very loose, very playful, and you'll get to hear a bunch of my new songs and new stories and bits and stuff like that. I'm very excited about next year's tour, and if I can take this opportunity to plug it, mm-hmm. it's pretty much all on sale at the moment. Oh, so yes, 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 yes. That's 2024, my new show. It's called Mixtape which is largely a uh, – there's two ways I can describe this show. One is that it is a love story, and two is that it is about the uh, year 2009 when I worked as a Captain Jack Sparrow impersonator at a horror-themed suburban dinner theatre restaurant. And both of those descriptions are true. Mm-hmm. It's uh, going to be <laughs> – a crazy, crazy true story uh, with lots of songs and lots of madness and a little bit of sweetness, a bit of romance. Um, I'm touring it all around Australia next year, Perth, Adelaide, Canberra, Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney. I'll also be doing Newcastle. Um, I'll probably be doing New Zealand and I might be going Oof. overseas as well. <gasps> whoa, all whoa, those, whoa. Uh, they're all on sale now. So if you go to livenation.com.au, um, you can get tickets to it. Last year, everything sold out. So if you do want to come see me, please mm-hmm. book early. Get in now while you can. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, come along. It'll be so fun. Absolutely. I cannot wait to see this show. Cameron's been talking about it and tinkering with it for a while. And my God, it's it's such a great story. It's going to be fun. Really fun. You have some stuff you'd like to plug. In fact, uh, you have a podcast you'd like to plug, perhaps. Absolutely, yes. It's a passion project of mine that is finally seeing the light of day. I've got a podcast called Sunburnt Screens, the Australian Cinema Odyssey, the first episode of which is out now. It even had a little splash in this feed itself. If you want to listen to that, it would mean the world to me. Basically, uh, Broly is a new streaming service, and they've – commissioned me to make something I want to make forever, which is a journey through Australian cinema. Each episode is about a different topic in Australian film. I'm interviewing some of the great filmmakers in Australian history, like Gillian Armstrong, like freaking Rolf De Heer, the Spearig brothers, so many cool people that I have wanted to chat to forever and now I've had the chance to. And the first two episodes, it's a double-parter about the new wave of Australian horror from the Babadook to Talk to Me, everything in between, and what is happening in the future. That's part two. Part one is about those little precursor films, like the little batch 
of horror films from the early to mid to late 2000s that kind of signified that we were on the precipice of something really big happening. So stuff like The Loved Ones, I talked to Sean Byrne, I talked to Enzo Tedeschi, who made this great movie, The Tunnel, which is this found footage horror film set in the tunnels underneath Sydney that you can get so to cool. through St. James Station. It's been hard to find for ages. <clears throat> now it's on this free streaming service, Broly, as well. And with each episode, I'm creating a little selection of films to go along with it on Broly. Uh, that will give you further reading of some exciting stuff. So that's the first episode, Sunburn Screens. It's out now, and we've got four coming out this year before the end of the year and four coming out at the start of next year as well. And uh, it's been a dream come true making this. It's a real passion of mine, and I hopefully you can listen to it. Hopefully you enjoy it, and hopefully it inspires you to go on your own journey into Australian film. So cool, man. That's so exciting. And also Sunburn Screens, great name. Great name. I love the title. I love the title. It's uh, one of the best things about the podcast is the title. <laughs> uh, it's so cool. And our friend Alex J has been editing it with me, um, and she has freaking killed it. Great work. Sick. Great work, Alex J. Um, dude, that's it. That's our episode for today. How are we Absolutely. feeling? I feel great. I feel beautiful. I feel Spielbergian, and I mm -hmm. feel happy about that. I'm so We've happy a I few... could freaking crow. <laughs> you'll fly, you'll fight, you'll crow. Um, we've got a few more reps left before the year is up, and we've mm -hmm. got to we've got to finish talking about Kevin. Yeah, we certainly do. We certainly did. So we'll have to do that oh, soon. Oh god, that's going to be <laughs> in soon. the next that's few soon. weeks. That's soon. Yeah, <laughs> and we've got plenty of other little surprises in store for you as well. In the meantime, keep chilling out. Keep watching movies. Keep turning on your television, watching a show. <laughs> Keep opening up whatever music app you listen to and putting on some music. And you know what? Keep opening book. <laughs> <laughs>